Chapter 11, in which a fake is produced. Just before midnight, six Byoyoikers made their way down to the grounds to meet Jinji. Snidely, Teresa, Khadija, Husro, and Jadijit fumbled through the dark in the vague direction of the quadditch pitch, with Hugo in tow. The former, not-so-famous five, had decided that they were the best, most capable team to assist Jinji in her mischief, and then Hugo overheard them and thought it sounded like a good laugh. The six spotted the elder Bayorker waiting at the pitch's entrance. A light rain had just begun, and to ward it off, she had her robes and hood drawn up. This was mainly a practical gesture, yet the all-black silhouette of her hooded and motionless figure, along with her powerful reputation, made Jinji seem quite terrifying as they approached. "'Shut your face!' Jinji whispered. "'We didn't even say anything,' said Snidely, indignant. "'You're about to say stupid thing. Now shut face. Follow me.' She turned and entered the pitch, and the rest followed in silence. It was eerily empty inside the oval field. The grass, wet from the soft drizzle, shone with the faintest light from the crescent moon overhead. Swift clouds hid the shy moon every few minutes, and the six youngsters struggled to see much of anything amid so many shadows.' Jinji led them to the far end, up to a hulking, squarish shape. It seemed to be a sort of cage, hidden by a great mass of cloth flung over the bars. Hugo, ever curious, walked up to the shape and tried to peek under the cloth. The moment his hand made contact, a buzzing zap filled the air. Hugo snatched his hand back, clutching it in agony, and only able to utter a pained, Fucking hell! Listen, fat, Jinji said pointing sternly at Hugo's throbbing hand. Strong enchantment here. Stand back. The students stood back from the cage, watching as the slim Chinese girl whipped out her thin, larchwood wand and began a clearly complicated spell. Her wand tip swayed to and fro, seemingly at random, yet the witch's eyes showed fierce purpose. Jin Ji hardly ever spoke when performing magic. Audible spells were considered amateur by most witches and wizards from China. In a moment, the great cloth began to jerk, then shudder, then spark a bit as it shifted off, until at last it lay in a giant sizzling heap on the ground. What in Biggle's hairy backside was that? Snidely said, summoning the thought of his favorite boyhood novels for reassurance. Electric security blanket. Advanced magic. Very danger. Not touch. The rest of them knew better than to repeat Hugo's folly. They gingerly tiptoed forward, peering warily into the cage. Inside were four bulbous golden eggs, lying against each other, each a little larger than a human head. What are those, Jin? Snidely said, taking the plunge and actually using her name. Egg, stupid, she said with a laugh. What they look like? Snidely supposed that was fair play. They did look rather eggy now that he eyed them up. Just one of these great blighters would make a good breakfast nearly on its own, he reflected. Nice and hard-boiled with a bit of sausage and baked beans. Wouldn't even need bacon. Giving no heed to Snidely's pointless inner monologue, Jinji magically unlocked the cage's door and walked inside. She levitated one of the golden eggs up, guiding it through the door and onto the grass. Following the egg out herself, she then turned to the Shirazi twins. You know about Portoki, yes? She said. Excitement shone in Jin's dark, slightly scary eyes. The twins nodded fervently. Along with his magical academic work, their father, Rostam, had a number of side jobs and enterprises. One of these was repairing and tinkering with objects enchanted as teleportation devices, the eponymous keys, and after many years of experience, his services were highly in demand. Good. You help me. You fall. 
Watch at gate. Tell me if a person come. Hugo and Teresa she sent toward the entrance they'd used, while Snidely and Jadujit took the opposite end. Once at their post, Teresa and Hugo idled about, quite bored, until someone shoved the other in the shoulder. This caused a reciprocal shove, and another shove back, and soon they were locked in a silent but heated slap fight. They drew their wands and began furiously casting tickle spells at each other, some of which actually worked, causing them to double over in stifled laughter. Snidely and Jadujit, meanwhile, fared slightly better at their one job. The boys stood quiet for several whole minutes, their adolescent eyes peeled for all interlopers. After a little, however, they too wearied of it, and began a game of gallstones on the wet grass. Jadujit won every round. He was very good at such games, and happened to be the gallstones champion of the Buker common room. Hey, buddy, Jadujit said in triumph as he won again. Oh, piss off, Snidely said without malice. He didn't really mind losing, so very used to it as he was. Suddenly they heard Jin Ji calling them over in a harsh whisper. On their arrival with the other useless lookouts, they found Jin and the twins huddled around the egg. When they looked closer, however, they noticed that a second, identical golden egg had appeared beside the original. They looked back in the cage and confirmed the other three hadn't budged. There was really something there that wasn't there before. Where'd you get the new one? Teresa said, quite impressed. I duplicate said Jin, proudly nonchalant. Thomas elf teach me, like they do to food. What's it for? Jadujit asked, marveling at the elder student's skill. We turned it into a, a portal key, said Khadijah, beaming. Our dad taught us how, Khusro said. He can hotwire any magical object into one. It's not that hard, really, once you practice a few times. All three were clearly pleased with their work. Once we made the teapot into one, said Harije giggling, and it sent our mum all the way to Piccadilly Circus in her bathrobe. She and her brother burst out laughing at this memory, but Jinji was ready to get on with the business at hand. Yes, portal key. This for Tony. She smiled and then began to cackle in a slow and evil sort of way. The others watched, feeling admiration and slightly creeped out. Okay, now everybody in bed. With that, she waved her wand, and the new enchanted egg floated inside the cage with its fellows. The enormous magic security blanket draped itself back over the cage as if nothing had happened. She picked up the original egg and, with a wink, she turned and vanished, a loud crack disturbing the quiet of the night air. Apparently, she'd learned how to teleport on school grounds from the Domus Elves, too. The six friends began the trek back to the castle, telling off-color jokes and speculating about what the new portal key egg might result in the following day. God, I'm bloody bushed, said Hugo as the castle loomed in front of them. Anybody got any snacks? But no one did. so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to support the show nothing helps more than telling your friends in person and spreading the word on social media you can find our pages on twitter instagram and youtube for more info on the show go to our website at borkpodcast.wordpress.com that's bork spelled b-o-r-k-e here you'll also find artwork by the authors and friends 
as well as PDF copies of every episode. Thanks again, and see you next week. Thank you.